strangers, before we begin today's episode, I wanted to let you know that this interview was recorded on location versus in our studio. Because of that, there are some slight audio issues in the beginning of the conversation. Our guest is amazing, so you're still going to love this chat. Thanks for listening, enjoy, and stay strange. Hey there, this is Tina Rowden. I am the still photographer for Stranger Things, and you're listening to the Upside Down Podcast. Welcome to the Upside Down Podcast. This is Ash, and I am here today with photographer Tina Rowden. You guys know her as the Stranger Things photographer, but she's also known for doing shows like The Walking Dead, Ozark, and Dolly Parton's Heartstrings, which Tina first, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Ash. Thank you for having me. And second, I couldn't be more jealous that you got to work with Dolly Parton. I <laughs> love her. Is she amazing? She is absolutely wonderful. She is everything. What you see is what you get with her. She's so warm and lovely, and I've never seen her be anything but completely hospitable to everybody she meets. She's quite amazing. It's really, she is quite amazing. It's so tragic to me. I heard she was here filming in Atlanta, and I was born in Nashville, Tennessee, and so every summer I was at Dollywood. And so all of these people were posting pictures with Dolly, and I was like, outraged. I was like, no, <laughs> the jealousy is real. And I follow your Instagram, of course, and I saw that you posted a picture with her. You and know, that picture, you know, in my role in as a still photographer where I'm meeting a lot of famous people, it's very rare that I would ever, in fact, probably never have before thought, I want to get a photo with this celebrity because it's not really important to me. Yeah. You know, it's important that I capture them doing what they're meant to be doing. But in the me- first meeting with Dolly Parton, that was what happened. I was sitting there and I was showing her some of my work and we were just introducing her to how I work so that you know we could work together on her show. And, um, and I'm sitting there and just the reality hit me that I was sitting next to Dolly Parton who was, you know, she kind of had her arm around me and she's looking at my work and, and I had to stop in the middle. I'm like, so can somebody please get a photo of me with Dolly? And she was lovely. She was so lovely. I need BTS of the BTS. Right, I need BTS. Exactly. That's exactly what it was, Ash. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. Well, I was lucky enough to hear you speak on a panel at the Jimmy Carter Museum a couple months ago. I think it was last year. Yeah, it was and the I end was, of last year. Yeah, and I was really inspired by what you said and instead of you know playing some of those recordings that I took while we you know deep down in the audience I was hoping that I would get to talk to you so I'm so thankful that you're here today okay for people that don't know your story one of the first things that I think is so interesting is you know as a photographer your work I I do photography I'm sure you hear that from everyone but your work is brilliant and I read somewhere that you only picked up the camera in 2004 how did that start like what made you start taking photographs what's your story well I didn't first pick it up in 2004. I actually was way back interested in it when I was like a young child. I just didn't realize that it would end up being my career or that I could make a living out of what I was very passionate about. You know, I wanted a camera for my 10th Christmas and, you know, got one of those old cameras that, you know, had the flashes that turned on the top. (laughs) And back in Australia where I grew up, I had to go and wait down at the pharmacy to get my film back. You know, I'd put it in and three days later, the truck would arrive with everything that you had shot. And I would go down and wait right out the front there for hours until my film came back. And sometimes it was awful, sometimes it wasn't. But at the time, I, you know, I just loved it. It really inspired me. That's where I started. Then, you know, I went through school, things moved on. I ended up getting married and moving to Asia with his job. And that was where I was really able to pick up the camera because I wasn't working or authorized to work at that time. And I mean, as you know, Asia's the capital for all the 
technology and cameras and so forth and so on but it's also a really wonderful place to shoot street photography and I was shooting back on film on a Nikon camera but I walked around the streets if I wasn't in a camera store checking out cameras I was on the street nobody cared what you took photos of and I used a lot of black and white film and basically before street photography became the real deal that's where I learned to shoot people and, and I really enjoyed it. So then we moved to, to America after we'd been in Asia for five years and I ended up getting divorced which um, I found myself sitting there thinking wow I'm gonna have to build a career back from the very beginning again and I didn't know what I wanted to do at that time. I had children, I was in a foreign country and I just thought well I'm gonna work on my photography and I ended up picking up the camera and teaching myself because digital had come in. The digital transition was the really big key for me, which was in about the year 2000. And that's when I picked up a camera and was confident enough to shoot things professionally because you could see, you know, you had instant gratification on the back of a camera. Um, from there on, I just worked and worked and worked and we are today. So you didn't go to school for photography? No. You're all self-taught? Absolutely all self-taught. That's insane because uh -huh. your, your lighting is so perfect. I, I went to school, guys, I got a minor in photography. <laughs> so I remember doing all the different classes and, um, you know, we did the dark room and then I think digital was in play. We did some digital work uh -huh. and I consider myself a C minus photographer. I'm, I'm pretty good, guys, but, you know, I'm not Tina level. And so it's interesting oh, to see sweet. your photos and just how well, amazing you know, they are. A lot of my work is lit by somebody else, is lit by the DP, you know, if it's if it's an on-set unit shot. Yeah. But then um, I also do really love that, finding the shadows, finding the, the moment. I think that that's what I've noticed just in general from the people uh, that we know, everyone who listens to the podcast knows I come from a film family, um, and just the people that we've interviewed is a lot of it isn't necessarily about schooling. I mean, some of it is because it's about connections, but it's more about do you have a passion for something? And it seems like you had a passion for it, and you mm -hmm. just kind of on your own went forth and I think it's with anything the more you practice it the better you become at it oh yeah yeah and I still feel like that today like 20 25 years later I still feel like that it's every time I go out and shoot I want to shoot better I, I even if it's just um, for my own editing benefit you know when I sit down I can see wow I did really well that day or oh gee I missed the mark on those ones or what did I do wrong there and you know you can always find you know you can always be critical of your own work but every time I shoot I'm I'm really excited when I get back to the computer and I'm funneling it through editing culling but I'm really happy if I've hit the mark on everything so I'm curious about this. Before I had my daughter, I used to do uh, BTS photography for like music videos and things yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. And then I just realized from seeing how hard other members in my family work on film that I would never be able to have those kind of hours because I need to spend time with her <laughs> right, while she right. still likes me. Yes, yes. But you know, how does that work when you're on set and mm -hmm. you're doing behind the scenes photography? Do you take photos as they're filming? Do you take setup shots? Yes. How does you that do work? a combination of everything. So basically... The job that I'm doing now is responsible for creating all the marketing and promotional publicity stills that the production will use to promote the film. Okay. Oftentimes what is, you know, the one sheet or the um, movie poster is made out of is, mm -hmm. is a collaboration of the photographs that I take on set. You know, it used to be things have been transitioning, but it used to be back in the day that you would be taking the photo as the scene is being filmed so that it can then turn into um, here's so-and-so and so-and-so on a scene from Stranger Things right. um, or in a scene from Stranger Things. 
then I would pull back. So I would shoot the same, exactly the same shot as what the main camera is seeing um, and what the DP has set up, what the director wants to, you know, how he's telling the story. I will capture that so that they can use that in any medium that they may want to use it in. And then I will pull back and have a look at all the crew and the cameras and the positioning of things and try and tell the story of how the production is being made. So all of those things are part of my job. Then we may do a completely different setup and do a gallery shoot of the actors that will then produce the poster or may be used for all sorts of promotional things throughout the event. Oh, the other thing is that we're responsible for all the production stills. So if you see a photograph on the wall of the family, you know, at an event or the so-and-so, or even back in the day, like sometimes we have to go back in and create the photograph of the actor when he was young, and they'll give us, they'll give us um, a photograph, and then we'll recreate a photograph of how we want it to look, and then they'll transpose things and Photoshop work it. But we're responsible for creating all the on-set photographs as well. I remember at the panel that was one of the things that you mentioned and it was one of the items that I found most surprising and really interesting. Yeah, most people don't know that, that you've got to do that. I know that with digital photography right now, a lot of people depend on the crutch of, you know, I'll fix it in post <laughs> because Photoshop right. is so big now. Right. And I imagine with the amount of photographs that you have to take and mm -hmm. probably the turnaround time, you probably don't use that much, do you? You just probably just take it based on how it's lit because you want whatever your lighting and whatever your image is to probably be very consistent with how the director exactly. has chosen exactly. to do it. Mm -hmm. Guys, I'm yeah. so smart. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> you are. I love it. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, sometimes the director will, you know, this has happened to me several times. The director will give me his vision and, you know, he transfers it to me and says, okay, go get that for me because that's what I need. Even if he's off working on a different scene or they're off filming something different, he'll say, go and work with that actor and get that for me which works. Is it stressful? Or is I, it that you're on set so long you figure, you know, I'm going to take 200 photos, something's going to pop out? Well, yeah, it could be like that, I guess. Um, it's like, for me anyway, it's like playing on a football team. Like you're in that crew and there's, you know, the action's happening. You're in the middle of the game and everybody knows their role and everybody works really well together and they help each other. But then there's that moment when you're on and you've got to, you know, kick the goal or do whatever it is. And it's just like any other job. You've just got to do it really well. You know how to work your equipment and you've just got to go in there and get it done. The one thing that helps is you're working with people who supposedly like being in front of a camera and don't mind how they look. They're representing a different character other than themselves so that they, they don't mind and they will work with you until you get it right. But that's, I think, one of the things I did mention in that panel that we did. I think one of the biggest skill sets that I have is knowing when I've got it, knowing when to walk away, knowing when I haven't got it and I have to go back in. You know, if I know I haven't achieved it, then I'm not going to walk away and go home and find out that, you know, the marketing department's going to ask me for this and I didn't capture it. And I know when to speak up for help on that too. I mean, a lot of what I do can be captured as they're shooting the scene. A lot can't. So especially like Sean Levy is so supportive and wonderful on that front. You can you can tell Sean, I haven't got that yet and he will help and hold, hold for it because he understands how important the publicity and marketing is. And there are a lot of directors who will help you out if you haven't got there. But I mean, 90% of the time I can get it without having to ask for it. But then if it's a critical scene and you know it's going to be an incredible shot and you haven't been able to achieve it in the filming, then it's better to go back and get it. I imagine doing what you do because it seems like such an enjoyable, fun job. I mean, you get to work with artistic people mm -hmm. who are creative and also 
you know, a variety of television and film shows. So you get to experience different locations and different things. I imagine you get a lot of film students or people that are like, hey, Tina, do you need an intern? Right. Do you need someone who can yeah. help you? Uh-huh. But I would imagine that um, you're probably similar to many film folks that we've spoken to and that you're an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. And so you probably have to be self-reliant. You have to probably mm-hmm. light things yourself and yep. set up your own. I'm sure, um, you know, maybe grips are there and they'll assist you if they've got the time. Absolutely. But is that, you know, a lot of people ask, well, how did she get that job? How does she do that? What should I learn? It's not just about photography. It's about kind of, yeah. you need to be a one woman show. Right, exactly. And the tricky thing about the job that I do is that you're hired by the network. You're not hired by the production. You are hired by the marketing division of whatever network is going to be promoting the show. So Netflix, for Stranger Things, Netflix is my client, basically. And they'll tell me what they need from me, but then they also rely on me to understand what's happening on set and and how they how that can be interpreted. Does, does that make sense? Yes. Like Sometimes they'll say, oh, we really want this, but it's up to me to go back and communicate to them, well, that didn't happen because this didn't happen or that didn't go around like that or, man, we got way more than I ever thought we could possibly get, you know, which is the goal. But there are some times when what they're looking for in their advertising agency over in California doesn't actually present itself in the filming and um, how they want it to do. So, It must be really fulfilling to work on the variety of shows that you work on and then you know of course with Stranger Things an image comes out and it's maybe like a teaser image uh-huh. or a press image and just to see the fandom ignite with like a passion for because they haven't even seen anything yet but it's That's based right. on the photo that you've taken yes yes um what was it like for you the first time not necessarily with Stranger Things because you've been doing this for a bit in your career but what was it like the first time that started happening for you um it was exciting, yeah. I, I can't, I can't lie. It was definitely <laughs> exciting. You know, it is. Like, um, I took that. It was me. Yeah, it was really, really nice. Um, I don't know how to answer that. Really, it was just, it was just exciting to see people appreciating the work that I got to do. But then, I'm not actually the cast member or the character in the the image. Right. So, you know, I'm kind of behind the scenes. But it takes, you know, it takes an army. Or it takes a village. Right. It takes exactly. A village. Exactly. So a lot of kids listening to our podcast are very interested in what you do and maybe they don't want to act, but they do want to do lighting or they want to do something else. For someone who's a photographer or a future photographer, what advice would you give them? Okay, so it is a very tricky position on set because there aren't, again, there's one of us and we're only used for, I feel like I have to say this here, Ash, just the, the I think the two most underrated roles in film and in movie production are post, um, the editors, and the publicity and marketing team. <laughs> like everybody thinks that all of that that happens after the show is produced and the you know filming is completed, and nobody thinks that that's that important, but without those things, nothing happens. So it's a very interesting role. I started out, as I said, I taught myself. I ended up getting really lucky and meeting somebody who introduced me to people, but you have to become a member of the Cinematographers Union to be able to work on sets. And they need a lot of experience. When they look at your portfolio, if you've only got one field of, you know, one genre included in your portfolio, how are you going to know that you can adapt to doing anything on set? Because honestly, it has to be absolutely anything. And as you've mentioned several times, you really have to look after yourself too. I mean, if there aren't grips and there aren't lighting guys, electricians to give you a hand on something, 
you're going to make it happen. And sometimes they'll throw something at you and it's like, oh, oh, okay, how do I get that done? And so it's a lot of versatility and it's a lot of experience behind you that I think it takes time to really get that experience. So shooting everything under the sun, shooting everything from doing your own lighting at a wedding through to, you know, 10 hours later when you finished it and and all of your own editing, knowing that you can pick up and do anything that you have to do is really important. I shot absolutely everything. There isn't anything I haven't shot. And I know when we interviewed Amy, she was saying that there was a certain number of hours that you had to get to show Mm -hmm. that you had worked enough, that you had, you know, been been in the field. Correct. In order to join a union, which is generally how you would get notifications of jobs happening, and Mm -hmm. it's just kind of generally required, and it costs a fee. uh, How do you get that experience? Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, You you know, it was the same thing back when I started. I I did some, you know, freebies. I would get on anything I could. I did behind-the-scenes music. I did as much as I could get so that I could put it on my portfolio there. And then I got a lucky break. Somebody asked me, because Georgia is actually a right-to-work state, Um, somebody asked me to help out on something and I was then able to continue for a little bit of the season through and then the union wanted me to join and which I I obviously wanted to join it was just getting that exposure and experience the on-set experience that they wanted before you could actually join so it's kind of a catch-22 but more to the point for the photographer the still photographer it is a very saturated market here in Georgia and I don't I don't want to be negative in any way. It's just, it's really tough to get into this business. It takes a lot of experience behind you. And then it, it just takes a lucky break really to get in the door because none of the um, networks will hire you unless you're in the union. So none of the big productions will hire you. So just working on anything that you can that isn't union and then putting that forward. But even then, there's no guarantee that you'll work. You know, when I started, there were 12 still photographers in Georgia, and um, now there are 54. And I am very grateful and humble every day that I am still working as often as I am on such wonderful productions. But I'm not going to say it's going to be easy road in. And I think when we were at the women's panel, I can't remember uh, who said it, but it was kind of the idea that if you love film and you have a passion for film, that you know, maybe you go in and you think, I want to be a BTS photographer, but you need to really start as a PA because you need to figure out like how the set works, right. what department does what, who needs what, what are these hours that I'm going to be here? Mm-hmm. And one of the women on the panel said that, you know, she went in thinking she was going to do one thing, but then she ended up going to like set deck and was like, oh no, this is what I want to do. Oh, it's absolutely. Kind of like, so there are other opportunities in film. Maybe you go in thinking you want to do what Tina does, but if you have a passion for just being in the industry, there's a lot of different jobs that need people that have a high turnover rate, but just exactly. not necessarily this particular Right, exactly. One. And there are a lot of lot of departments that you don't even know exist until you're working in there and you're having a look at them and think, oh, that's who does that. And that's how that happens. You know, the magic is there, but somebody makes it happen. And there's, you know, again, usually a lot of experience behind it and lots of places to learn. It's exciting. It really is exciting. Every set that you walk onto because you have a different, different set, a different group of actors, Oh, that's the other thing I should mention, Ash. Dealing with people is really critical in my job because you have to have a very good sense of intuition. You have to be able to read people very well. And um, that, that goes from your actor to who absolutely must trust that you are going to get a good shot of them. And I'm always protecting my actors 
in, you know, when I'm in edit and I'm looking there before anything gets sent to my client, I am making sure that that actor hasn't got a bad image in there of them that they would not be happy to have. And I think that's a really important thing. But it's it's reading the director and the and the producers and, you know, the hair department who might be really stressed out at that time who can really help you another time, but you've got to be able to read things really well. So again, I don't think it's a something that even if you were the most amazing, talented photographer, you need life experience just as much as you need anything else. So I don't think it's something that you should aim for right out of college. Like go and, and practice and, and really hone your craft with people skills as well as, you know, commercial skills, working with producers and, and business people is just as important. It's a collaborative skill set. Well, I think that's why it's good also to start as a PA because it lets you kind of, you kind of do a little bit of the grunt work. You've got to do some really cool things. You've got to do mm-hmm. some not so cool things, mm-hmm. but it lets you see how all of the different areas work. And then as you move up, it gives you an appreciation. I mean, you can be on some film sets and someone's like, oh, that particular area isn't important. And I think if you just, you've got to, you've got to learn that everywhere is important. Like every single, everywhere is important. every person plays a part. And if they weren't there, if the PA wasn't there, like a lot wouldn't go down. Oh yeah. So. And I rely on them an awful lot, especially for coordinating actors and getting me to, you know, inside, you know, the trailers and so forth. I mean, I want to go in there and be there and get those really integral behind the scene moments, especially when it's, you know, some fantastic makeup or something that's just, you know, they're transforming somebody with special effects makeup and so forth. That's really cool to see that. But you have to be cool with everybody letting you be there, you know? Yeah. So you have to get on with everyone. You really have to work it and you can't think yourself better than anybody else or bigger than anybody else or, you know, it just you have to work as a team member all the way around and respect everybody that's working with you. When you said that you went to Asia with your husband, you were mm-hmm. saying that one of the cameras that you used was a Nikon. Mm-hmm. What's your brand of choice right now? What do you like to use? So after my Nikons, they were filmed back in the film days. And then when I came to the States, I, st- oh, sorry. I started to use the Canon series, the okay. 5Ds. And that's when I first went into um, set photography. I started with a Canon and I had to use a blimp to muffle the sound, which cost a fortune and was so heavy to carry around every day. It was like 15 pound on each camera on each shoulder. It was a lot. Yes, they have. (laughs) So when things went mirrorless about five and a half years ago, I switched to Sony and I was dying for somebody to give us that equipment and just has changed my world. It means I can get in places now that I didn't have to worry about before. I have to be so stealth on set and not be noticed by anybody, but get along with everybody. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's like one of those positions that, you know, you're always wearing black. You're always making yourself as as invisible as you can make yourself. And then crawling up underneath the camera and, you know, sitting right next to a group of guys who've just eaten lunch. It's never pretty. (laughs) (laughs) It's never pretty. But, you know, then you that feeling for me, the most exciting thing is when I get that shot and I look down and I've looked at my viewfinder and I'm like, damn, that's so good. Yeah. You know, and I, re- I get really excited. But then I don't want to look at it again in my camera until I go home and I've got it in the computer and then I'll be rolling through it. One of the interesting things uh, that we've discussed on the podcast, so people are aware of it, is that if you're working on film, you're working bananas hours. Um, you know, you might go to work at 4 a.m. and you might get home at... 1 a.m., 12 p.m., mm-hmm. and then still have to do a turnaround and get up and go at 4 a.m. the next day. Right. I've heard that with BTS photography, there's a little bit more flexibility. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate or no? Yeah, it totally is because we don't need every scene. We don't need every little insert and every little thing that's going on. So, 
Typically, they'll have us on set for 10 hours a day, but only on television, particularly Stranger Things, only for scenes that they know are going to be great combinations of actors that where there's some, something really special happening because we want the production value to be really great. I guess there is sometimes in a movie you'll be on that set all the time because you never know how things are going to change around. You know, a movie will take six to eight, 10, 12 weeks sometimes. Um, so they'll have the still photographer on set every day. But typically it's not as long as everybody else's hours. It might be 10 hours max because, you know, there's the in-between where the actor's getting ready and makeup and so forth and so on where you haven't got anything to shoot and you're not going to have anything to shoot. So it's a little bit more flexible. It's a little bit easier. Cool. Well, we always like to open up the floor to fan questions. So I'm going to read you some of those now. Okay. Dorky Malevin says, what is the coolest shot you feel that you've taken a photo of? I feel like you've probably taken some, like so many, but do you have a favorite? That is this up? a stranger thing? I think it can be anything. The coolest one that I absolutely love was of Sean Levy directing Millie in the void. <gasps> Have you seen that yes, shot on I my Instagram? Seen, I did the three. Yes, it was so beautiful. It was really alive. great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was just so. It was such a special moment. You know, um, Millie had just come back from injuring her leg, and so we were. Everybody was being very careful because you know you shoot that it's in two inches of water, and um, it was just such a beautiful shot. The red door was sitting way out there, and. Sean was explaining things to Millie and she turned around and there was just that beautiful shot. I think that's one of my favorite shots ever. That is a beautiful shot. Yeah. I love it. Uh-huh. Alison Allgood says, is there a specific tip or trick you've learned that has become a necessity in your photography? A necessity for my set work, are we talking about? Um, gosh, there's several there. I think, again, just what I said before, for, this, for the movie work and the production work, it's being invisible, it's being very small, making yourself feel very small. There, I have an advantage over the guys. I <laughs> it's a woman thing. Um, I'm not a big person. I'm tall, but I'm not big, so I can fold up into a lot of places that I never would normally be able to fold up into. So that the intuition to know when you need to move out of the way is critical to be able to make people relax. I know Annie Leibovitz says, it's not my job to make them relax. But if you want the shot that you want, it kind of is, in my little opinion. So making them, first of all, in an actor sense, it's making them know that you are completely trustworthy, that there is nothing that you will shoot that will go anywhere that they, you know, that they will see anywhere that they don't like of themselves. That's really important. They have to trust you. Being invisible when you're shooting a scene, particularly when it's a really critical scene, like when Millie was blindfolded last season, I was very close to that scene while she shot that. She didn't, I mean, I've been working with her for a while and she's such a professional, wonderful actor. And she didn't flinch at all that I was there getting those shots and let me be very close the whole time. In fact, a lot of the time I'm very close to this cast because the mirrorless camera lets me make no sound. And I'm also looking down at a viewfinder so my eyes are not ever getting in their eye line. And that's an important thing too. You were just saying that being a woman you're in, being smaller, it's one of the advantages that you have over the men. I don't think that we've mentioned yet that you're one of very few women out of the 55 or so uh, BTS photographers in Atlanta. How do you feel about that? Well, when I started, there were only a couple of us. And I mean, I have to say it because I'm a woman. I think we do really well. We do so, <laughs> so I mean, we just kill it. But um, to me, it, it really doesn't make any difference. I think there are a lot of men who are established in this particular job that you know started in LA when the film business was all over there. 
and they've moved around. And, and there are times when I feel like they've got they've got a bigger portfolio or they've got um, they've been doing it longer than I have. But that applies to every job. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. somebody's going to beat you out of a job if they've got a lot more experience in that particular you know action genre. You know they're going to beat you out of it. But if your relationship with an actor is so good that they request you, they're not going to beat you out of it. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So every field of work is competitive, especially if you're good and you work really hard and you have great goals. Yeah, you're, it's always going to be competitive. It doesn't, it's not a gender issue for me. It's they have more experience than me. If they're beating me out of a job, it's because they have more experience than me. It's not that they're more talented. It's that they have a bigger portfolio because a lot of... Um, we're all talented or we wouldn't be doing this job and we're all hardworking or we wouldn't have gotten into the union and so forth. So we're all on an equal playing field on that level. It's just um, how big is your portfolio and what is it? I enjoy know? that you say we're all talented. I love talking to people that are like, yes, I'm talented. I, you know your worth. And I think that's something Amy had said too. If you're working and you're just starting out and you're doing a video for Craigslist because you want to be there, still know your worth on set. Right. So I enjoy that confidence. Right. I know that earlier you said you wanted to get your first camera when you were 10 or so, but I'm still going to ask you this question because maybe you can go into it. Mama Steve Loves Calpurnia says, when did you know that you wanted to become a photographer? I saw what looked beautiful, I guess. I don't know. You I wanted just, to capture it? Yeah. I, I, there's nothing better than that feeling of, oh, wow, I, I got that for me. So when did I know that I wanted to become a professional photographer and make a living out of it? I, I just still feel like I'm the luckiest girl in the world because I get to do what I love and they pay me for it. Like, seriously, sometimes I'm there thinking, oh, they pay me for this. <laughs> and you're with great people and great sets know, and interesting places. Exactly. Last year um, for Netflix again, I photographed Michelle Obama for um, a documentary series that they were doing on her. And I had to go to Nashville and it was Mother's Day, and Barack and the girls came in, and I am sitting there, Ash, saying to myself, wait, they're paying me for this, and I am, you know, little girl from Australia. So I really do think that you can, you can do anything that you want to do here. You have to work hard, and you have to get the experience. You have to, you have to grow and learn before you can expect to go into any kind of, any kind of job. I mean, you know. I think that's what it is. You are going to get knocked down and you just have to have the tenacity to keep going. Most of the people that we've interviewed have said that, you know, some people uh, like Randy or Kat, they didn't just become Agent Connie Frazier and, you know, Scott Clark. They've been acting for 20 mm -hmm. plus years mm -hmm. and then they became these characters because they had a passion for the industry as a whole. So I think that that's the tip, guys, is if you want to do something, you just have to keep going. The more you do it, the longer you do it, eventually something's going to happen. I mean, think about this podcast. We started it three years ago, just visiting the school, and then we just kept plugging away. And now I'm talking to Tina. <laughs> You're awesome. You're awesome, Tina. Guys, we're best friends. Alex Benura. Alex, you know I always say your name wrong. I'm sorry. 724. How did you end up being a photographer for Stranger Things? Ah. Yeah, this was my first Netflix show. Uh, I had not worked for Netflix before until the first season of Stranger Things. Before that, I had worked for lots of different networks and had a lot of experience and was building up a lot of experience. And then I heard that was coming in and I did some production shots. Actually, I took the, you know, the shot of Will by the Christmas tree? Yes, of course. Yes, of course. <laughs> exactly, the poster. I took that shot, and who would have known right then? And I took some shots of the 
the small the kids when they were babies with Winona mm. Ryder and who would have known right then that it was going to become the success that it was on I was actually on a different show for another network and did not do the first season and then went in for the second season and I had started to do some other Netflix work and then they just they just gave me a lot more work again it's doing a really good job, working hard, getting along with everybody, helping everywhere that you can help make everybody's life easier because it's such a hard haul. Not, taking, then, not taking the opportunities for granted. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So Wolfie, when photographing a set, is the creative direction all up to the photographer or not? No, it's not. Obviously, oh, that was the other thing that I didn't um, tell you that we need to do we need to do set plates so get blank sets clean sets for the art directors for the production designers for the network to use so that also they can come back after they've packed everything up for the next season some some productions don't know that they're going to have another season until way later when everything's packed up and then they can use your photographs to put back the sets exactly perfectly as they had before so cool I know it's fun I'm like geeking out that's amazing because it's kind of like you're seeing the sets and I think we've said it a million times on the show, but sometimes you're working on something and it doesn't go anywhere. And sometimes you're working on something and it becomes one of the most iconic shows of the decade. Absolutely. Exactly. I took a picture of that couch. Uh That's my picture. Uh Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so cool. I know. Millie Finn Noah says, what moments on set are the most fun to photograph? Mm, Gosh, that's too unpredictable. It can be... It can be really crazy. It's usually every day, though. There's something out of every day that is just something really special. Yeah, I feel like you're going with the theme of what everyone we have talked to has said, and that's essentially that being on... I know you do tons of shows, obviously, and there are different experiences, but we're Stranger Things podcast. Yeah. That working on Stranger Things is just a joy that the cast and the crew and the -the behind-the-scenes people, everyone just really takes pride and understands what they're a part of Mm -hmm. and that it's like a really joyous experience yes so that's good to hear it's nice to know that we're supporting something that's so so amazing they really are they really are just the nicest group I mean of course like everybody there are stressful times for the cast for the crew for everyone but again it's like a football team you know everybody helps each other out the kids are just such they're, they're so lovely they are the loveliest people I was happy to see you and hugs and it's just it's a really really fun place to work yeah it seems like everyone is always laughing mm-hmm. in those bts photos mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah now you and i have something in common um we are both huge sneaker collectors <gasps> oh yes no i love sneakers <laughs> and so this is just for me guys tune in tune out um what's your favorite do you have a favorite shoe that you want did you collect the nike versions of the stranger things shoes i did not but i didn't even me know they neither. were out till I... I got i mean i was after that was me too i tried to get it i wanted those green tailwinds with the orange stripe that kayla wore so bad and i went online and it was like you are in a queue of 200 and 55 oh. million people. <laughs> and then resellers were selling them for like $400 online. And I was like, oh, I don't have it's that. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you know what? They um kind of getting off the sneakers, but I'll get back to the sneakers. <laughs> no, I don't have their all favorites. I love them all. And they're my addiction. And I just kind of, you know, try and keep control of myself every now and again. But um, they used all of my photographs for the clothing line. Oh, that's yes, that's yes. I did all the poster things, and then they ended up going back and using all of those photographs, and they ended up being those pink posters. Do you remember yep. those when they all came out? I've got one. Yeah, at the house. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the they were all. Room. That's right. They were all shot and um, separately. They're separate to the unit. Like they weren't. The actors were off. They weren't working. We were on a completely different day when we did all of those. 
And then we went back and used them for um, all the denim line and everything, the clothing line. I think that's really cool. That's so cool. Yeah, when they when they do clothing lines and t-shirts and things, they're really fun. Yeah, Levi's has those jeans and it's got like all the characters on the jeans. Mm -hmm. I didn't get any of those either. They sold out in like two minutes. Now, what did you think of the book? Because Which, a lot of my work oh, was in the book. I've got all the books. We loved all the books. One of the things I thought was the funniest is that um, we interviewed Brooke Ranson. She was a background actor. And mm -hmm. she was like, wait, hey, Brooke. in yeah. the back of one of the photos. And she was like, it's me. I'm there. I loved it. I mean, uh -huh. I love seeing the photographs. I'm so right. into... Uh, you know, people ask, oh, are you going to get Millie or are you going to get Fannin? It's like, I don't know, maybe, but probably not. But like, right. You never I just, know. Always I just want to talk up. to like everyone. Like I've said before, I'd love to talk to craft services and people are like, why? And it's like, I want to know what kind of food they're making. I want to know how they're, you know, I think everything about the process is so interesting. So I love that book. I mean, we've got all the Stranger Things books. I've read well, I tell you, I had to go, I had to go in with the props department and pull out everything, the bikes, everything. And we had to photograph it all on a clean background so that they could then add it to the book. So it was very interesting because at the time when, you know, when the first season was being filmed, we didn't know how iconic those, those items were going to be. And it was just really exciting to bring those things out and line them up and sit them there and photograph them. I remember that same panel that we've mentioned a few times. Uh, I think one of the set dressers, perhaps, she was showing, there was a slideshow playing in the background. And one of the images she had, one of the sets of, I think, maybe basement, perhaps. Uh -huh. yeah. But it was something that I had never seen. I'm, I'm pretty well versed in the Stranger Things, things that are out there. And it was like a close-up of just the couch and everything. And I just uh -huh. thought that was so amazing. I guess that's what you were talking about when you were calling them, what are they, set plates, yeah, you call them? Yeah, the set plates. I mm -hmm. thought that was really cool to yeah. see. I was like, nobody was in it. There was nothing there. That it was, was just mine, like yeah. A close up of the rug. And I was like, right. amazing. <laughs> Look at the fibers. <laughs> I thought it was so cool. It is. It's really cool I when you sit in them. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things we like to do with our guests is we like to let our fans feel connected with them. Mm -hmm. So is there anything happening in pop culture right now that you're a fan of? Music or books? What are you hmm. listening to? Oh, now that's really interesting. I do a ton of audiobooks because it just, you know, it's so easy for me to be on set, still keep my eyes peeled, working on everything. I can't sit there and read a book because I wouldn't be seeing what's going on all the yeah. time, you know? I've got to observe the whole time while I'm there. So I always put the, the earpods in and I'm always listening to audiobooks. That's my gig. Um, music is anything from Queen to Staves to, I mean, just all sorts of things. When you're about to film I love like Harry set. Styles. <laughs> there you go, pop culture. If there's anybody you'd like to photograph, Harry. That could happen. I, feel like. I think he's such an icon. I think he's going to be the next Mick Jagger. I think he'll be around for a long time. Yeah. I, yeah, and I love his fashion and all of that stuff. Oh, uh, that's funny. When you're listening, you know, when you're getting ready to take photos of Stranger Things, do you ever listen to any 80s music, anything to get you in the mood? No, because I grew up in that era. So, I mean, I, I walk onto Stranger Things set, and that's another really interesting thing about my job is it's like going back in time. You know, a lot of the time is just I'm looking around at everything thinking, oh, yeah, we had a phone like that or we had a this like that, and it's just so fun. You know when we shot down in the grocery store when Mike and um, mm -hmm. Eleven were sitting there, right? Yeah. And all of, the, all of the packaging in the store had all been covered and printed by, by oh. the art department. And it was like sitting in a store 30 years ago. It was really fascinating. Yeah, I think the day after I went to that panel, we had done an episode and I was talking about that, how I thought it was really interesting that she had said, I can't remember her name, Jess? 
Yeah. That she had said that, you know, they, what they would do sometimes is they would contact the companies because she would say, you know, she said, you might find one Three Musketeers bar, but you're not going to find 50. Exactly. And so she would reach out to the actual organizations and say, Hey, can I have your 1980s wrapper? Because we want to recreate 50 of these bars. Right. Exactly. And I remember thinking that was really fascinating. It is fascinating to me. And I was like, what a job. Yeah. It's really fascinating. I love taking all those photographs for them. Yeah, it's so cool. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. Uh, if there was one show that you could work on that you haven't had a chance to work on, what would it be? Hmm. Oh, let me think. A lot of good shows right now. I know. But you've worked on most of them. There, yeah, I have. I've really had I some know. amazing opportunities. Who would I like to work with or what show? Either. I know that Harry Styles. Yeah, Harry Styles, definitely. <laughs> um, so Amy said The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, yes. And could you imagine? That would be so fantastic for Amy. They, she would and love for you, that. Those yes, sets. yes, those sets are great. Mad Men would have been amazing too. Oh, I love Mad that Men. That would have been great. Coming up, I'm because I've got to capture it all as it is right there. Anything that's really heavy on special effects isn't my um, isn't my deal. I would absolutely love to be on a Star Wars anything and have stormtroopers in front of my camera. Gotta go I'm saying too many arms, <laughs> but I'm thinking. Uh, I feel like it's hard because there's so many shows out right now that are just so fantastic. Yeah, and I've really had you a lot of great work. opportunities. I mean, Ozark. I don't like to read anything about it because I really, I don't want to know what's going on because I'll be off and on on that one, and um, you know, I just don't want to know what happened last episode because I'm going to watch it when it comes out and know the ones I was there for and the ones I wasn't. Yeah, one of the funny um, things is in season one, um, my friend Bethany Ann Lind is an actress. She was on Stranger Things season one. She uh-huh. played Hopper's pal Sarah for like an episode. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But she is on Ozark, and I haven't watched the finished season one because I've heard something happens to her in the last episode, and I'm like, I can't watch that. Oh <laughs> no, I can't deal with that. So I'm, I'm dying to get to season two, but I'm uh-huh. like, should I finish that last one or just jump on, just move on to season two? And I think that's probably what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna. Leave her where she existed in season one. <laughs> <laughs> to season two. There you go. I like it. So there you go. That's it. So Tina, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, I'm so happy you invited me. I can't thank even you. believe that you came on the podcast. We have a mutual friend, Denise, and she was like, she'll do it. And I was like, not in a million years would she do this. No, and you this did. is fantastic. And I love here. it. And I love the fans. Without the fans, the show would not be what it is today. And it's, it is a hungry world. We've got a long, you know, season four has just started. It's going to go right through to the end of the year, I think. So it's a long time for people to wait. And they need to have that um, interaction and inspiration to keep going. Yeah, the Stranger Things fan community is amazing. I mean, we've met so many nice people from yes. Stranger Things. And they send us, like, drawings and t-shirts and someone drew Tori and I as Mike and Eleven and a giant Demogorgon behind us. Right, and, right. You know, and people are drawing little sketches of Kilby, our mascot, Aww. and they're sending them to us. Oh my gosh, I'm that's beautiful. <laughs> I love that. That is such a good one of I'm, her. I'm showing her the picture of Kilby hugging the little baby dart. I love it. But yeah, they've just been a great community of people, and it's just been so fantastic to do this. I don't know if Stranger Things is going to, you know, end on season four and then do a four-part one, four-part two, or if they're going to end on season five, but I'm just going to take it in as long as I can take it in. Yeah, no. And if you guys want to send me to the premiere, like, I'm not going to... I'm not going to do that. 
Hey, I'll broadcast for you live. Whatever you need, I'll carry your bags. You're fantastic, Ash. I love it. I love how you've fallen into like this is. You look like you've been doing this your whole life. Do I? She does. She does, guys. Go back and listen to our first episodes. Tori and I did not know what we were doing. We let our theme song play all the way through the whole five minutes. <laughs> edit anything i'm surprised when people message us now and they're like i just found your podcast it's so great and i'm like you listened past the first three Uh applause applause i applaud you yeah but thanks for being on the show today my pleasure people don't know and they want to follow you on social media Mm -hmm. what are the best channels tina rowden on instagram because i'm a visual person i do have twitter but i don't i'm not you know all about my life out there it's really a work genre for me I don't do anything but post my work and um, sometimes I'll post things where I can obviously I'm never going to post anything that really shows anything about the show but last season I can post all I want so we'll we'll keep going with some of that <gasps> exciting yeah Call I, me do t- over. I will tell you that I'll watch all your pictures there is a lot a lot more going on this year for behind the scenes which will be great I think it, you know they need it the fans need it everyone needs it I'm excited. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Love you. Okay, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in again. We love you. Uh, You know that Tori and I are continually looking for content, and we'll have another episode in two weeks. Thanks for listening. And stay strange. That's it. We did it. Yay. That was so good. You are lovely. You are lovely. Thanks for listening to the Upside Down Podcast hosted by sisters Ash and Tori. For more information, visit our website at theupsidedownpod.com. You can also contact us at theupsidedownpod at gmail.com as well as follow us on our Facebook and Instagram under the Upside Down Podcast. Episodes are released every other Monday, so be sure to subscribe. If you love the podcast, be sure to review us on whatever you listen to us on. Thanks again. Stay strange.